You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 22 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the third season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Hi everyone, today we're going to talk about the constant fear of competition. I run an online membership site that has photographers from around the world that are part of this membership site. And every single time I ask them, what is their challenge or what do they want to hear about? The word competition and marketing come up time and time again. Why is that? Why do we constantly have fear of the competition all the time? Competition is not going anywhere. I mean, you can look at any business in the planet, Coke and Pepsi, Android and Apple, Mac and PC. I mean, you can go on and on with any big business in the world or small business for that fact, and there will be a competitor, right? So we know this and We also should know that competition isn't necessarily bad. It actually helps improve products and services. Ever been in a situation where you feel like you have to go to a particular business and they have no competitor and you may not be happy with that business, but you're like, well, I have to go to them because there's nobody else around. And even though you're not getting the best quality service, you have to use them. That is rare because quite often somebody will feel the way you do and say, you know what, I can do that, but I can do it better. And we see this. If you buy any product, there'll be this standard broom, for example. A broom is a broom is a broom, right? How could there be a better broom? Well, the other day I saw this broom on Shark Tank that allows you to sweep up your crumbs by tilting the broom a certain way. Now, the cost of this broom is, you know, 200 times what a regular broom would cost. But I was like, fantastic. Somebody improved the broom and I bought it. And I got to tell you, I'm not that thrilled with it because it's a little clunky and it's a little hard to kind of tilt the broom to get the power to go on to clean up the crumbs, but I have it and I bought it and we use it for the studio. I'm pretty sure sometime in the next year, either that company will improve on this broom or somebody else will come along and create the same type of broom with a better mechanism for turning the broom on or off. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. Now, are they copying that idea of course, but this is what our world is made of. Every great idea will have somebody else improve it, copy it, duplicate it, replicate it. Is it frustrating? Of course it is. Especially if you're the inventor of a product or you're the inventor of an idea or you in photography, you created this groundbreaking pose that you're quite certain nobody else has done. And so you spend all this time in a session and you do something different and you feel accomplished, right? You feel like, wow, that's good. It's, it's going to really look like my work. I really love it. And then boom, two days later, your competitor does exactly the same thing. And you're furious. You're so upset. How dare this person copy you? How dare this person take their, your idea? And why can't they come up with their own ideas? Well, of course, there's that quote, uh, 
copying is a form of flattery, right? Imitation is a form of flattery, whatever the exact quote is. And you can go, well, yeah, I'm not really flattered. I'm just annoyed, right? I get it. But you got to get past that. Look, I've been in the business 22 years, guys. There are poses that I think, yeah, maybe I was the first one to do it. Maybe I wasn't. But sure enough, days later, hours later, someone else does the exact same pose. Do I lose sleepover? No. Do I get bothered? I really actually don't anymore. I think maybe in the beginning, early, early on in my career, before I started teaching, it bothered me. I can honestly say that once I started teaching, I kind of put all that to rest because what do I do when I'm teaching, right? I'm showing others my methods, my lighting, my wrapping. And so, yeah, many a times students will, you know, copy my exact same method. And sometimes it's really good. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's so awesome. And it doesn't bother me because that's the whole point of teaching is to show them my methods. And sometimes to learn, you need to kind of copy it exactly. And then you go on to create your own style, right? So let's just say that competition in general, we know it is never going to go away. And you're going to say, well, well, and I know that, but, but now what? That's not helping me, right? Okay. I've said this before in different podcasts that the challenge people have is that your work could look like everybody else. And so if the shopper, the, the potential client is looking for a photographer, they're going to look at different photographer styles, right? There's very few people I know that if they're given a referral of a photographer or they find a photographer that they just go with the first person I, they see. Maybe, but I think most times the photographer will kind of shop around unless it's like a hard referral. Like my friend went to this person and I really like her work already and I'm just going. I'd say at least 75% of the time that potential client is going to look around. They're going to look at other photographers' websites. They're going to look at, you know, other competitors' sites. If you're not a photographer or whatever business you have, they're, they're going to look around. Regardless of how many reviews or five stars you have, they're going to look around, okay? Now, if they don't see any difference in the work or the service, quite often, not all the time, they're going to go with the cheaper option. I mean, wouldn't you, don't, don't you do that? If there's a product at Bed Bath & Beyond and the same product is on Amazon and Amazon will deliver it to you tomorrow for free and Bed Bath & Beyond requires you to get in your car, drive across town, leave your kids behind, disrupt your day for two or three hours, wouldn't you just go on Amazon, buy it and have it at your house tomorrow? Isn't that why Amazon's so big and amazing? We've all done it. So now imagine the potential client and they're going, well, there's really no difference between this photographer and that photographer. And this photographer is $200 less than that photographer. So I'm going to go with the cheaper one. Now, not every client does that, but that could be a situation. And so you may say, well, then I should just drop my price and be like the cheaper photographer. No, no, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that then you need to find a way to make your work and your services different in a way that when the client sees your work, sees the services you offer, understands who you are and the branding that goes along with it, that they say, oh, I really, I need to go to them. And I ask my clients every single time a client is in my studio, how did you hear about me? How did you find me? And sometimes it's Instagram, sometimes it's Facebook, sometimes it's the doctor's office. 
Sometimes it's a friend. I mean, you know, I get it could get a different answer every single day. Over 50% of my clients, if not more, I think most days, 75% of my clients drive at least an hour or two hours to see me. Most of my clients are from Los Angeles area. I'm in Orange County and it could take anywhere from one to three hours to get to me. It's very rare when someone lives in Tustin where my studio is and they come to me. I'm always amazed like, oh, wow, hardly anyone comes to me in Tustin. And so whenever I'm mentoring photographers, they say, oh, well, I live in a small town and I work in a small town and nobody has any money in my town. And I always say, well, are you just marketing your town? Because the amount of people that come to me that live in the same town that I work and live in are probably less than 5%. So if I was only focusing on my town, I, I would probably not have any clients, but I never focused on the particular area. I always focused on my work. And then I would become really surprised when somebody would travel really far to see me or somebody would fly in. I would say, oh my gosh, there's got to be a photographer closer to you. And they would say there are, but I really liked your work. For whatever reason, it's something about my work that they just gravitated towards, something. So it just really depends on what they're looking for. If this has happened to you, if you've had a client come from a long distance, you understand it's very flattering. That means somebody liked our work enough to go out of their way and go the extra mile to come see us. Now, that doesn't happen all the time, but that means that you're probably doing the right thing. Now, staying on trend is very, very important. And people do look for current trends and the photographers that are doing them. And so then you may say, well, Anna, this goes back to copying. If everybody is photographing a baby with a Starbucks mug, I don't want to do that because I'm going to feel like I'm copying that other person. Not necessarily. If there is a trend with newborn Starbucks coffee mugs or, you know, at Christmas time, people always bring out the hot cocoa coffee mugs. You know, that's a trend at Christmas time. You know, pay attention to that because you can go get that exact same prop, but make it your own. See, the challenge is photographers aren't taking the time to understand their own style and understand their own creativity and how to make it consistent. You know, we're, we're drawn to so many different things, myself included. I remember years ago, I saw this antique scale and a photographer had photographed a newborn on this scale. And I was so drawn to this image. I said, I have to have this newborn scale. And so I went and I found it and I bought the exact same antique scale. I used it one time, hated it, gave it away and never used it again. Why? It wasn't me. When I got it, I just didn't like it anything about this image. I just, I I couldn't get rid of it fast enough. It's not that I was copying the other photographer. I really liked the idea of this particular prop and I thought it would be a great addition to my portfolio. And I thought my clients would really like it. However, once I used it, I just felt it didn't go with my style. It didn't go with my brand and I just didn't enjoy it. And so I got rid of it. Has that ever happened to you? It's okay if it has. This is how we hone our style. And if it has happened to you, that means that you actually have a style, right? Because if you didn't, you would just use anything and everything. And that's kind of the challenge sometimes. When you're building your photography portfolio, you're going to try a little bit of this and you're going to try a little bit of that. 
pay attention to what your clients are drawn to. If everybody's coming to you for a particular style, don't be so quick to get rid of that style. That means that something you're doing is right and instead create a whole portfolio around that style and find a way to do that style in various different ways. For example, for years, my maternity photography was very low key, very nude, very classic black and white. Once I started getting into more color photography and then I started doing backlighting, everybody wanted my backlit maternity images. Once I started using fabric, everybody wanted using wanted a fabric image. Well, the great thing about using fabric is you can't toss it twice the same way. It's absolutely impossible. And so I didn't mind doing it and I still don't. I've been working with fabric for 20 years because I could take the same fabric, the same lighting, and it's going to be absolutely impossible to duplicate the fabric toss. And it's something that still remains very popular to this day. But if I didn't continually try different fabrics or different styles or different tosses, and I only did the same toss every single time, my clients might get a little bored. They might go to somebody else that is perhaps being a little bit more creative in their tossing. Do you see what I mean? So staying on trend is important. Understanding the colors of the season, also important. Understand what's hot now and what might be outdated. In the newborn photography world, kind of if you ask somebody if they have a crochet wrap, they're probably going to go, oh gosh, nobody uses crochet anymore. They only use knit. But crochet is the, the type of knitting, right? So it just kind of depends on how it's made, how it's done. That particular crochet style five years ago may not be in style, but a different type may be in style now. So it's important to understand the colors, the materials, the fabrics. If you pay attention to designers who design clothing, you'll see the spring season, the summer season, the fall season, what colors are hot, what's trending. Pay attention to those things that are outside of your own photography genre and say, oh, wow, I... I'm watching this stylist and they're saying that blush is, you know, currently trending. All of the makeup uh, counters are focusing on this blush color and the designers are focusing on blush and people are designing their nurseries blush. So what kind of colors can I work with in my sessions that will complement that? I remember a couple of years ago, silver gray were kind of hot colors for nurseries. They still are, but I remember when that color first broke out, people weren't used to putting grays in nurseries. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted a gray nursery. And there were different styles, silver nurseries, gray nurseries, but just beautifully done. And so, you know, in the newborn world, when moms are coming in and going, oh, we have this beautiful silver nursery, you want to make sure that you have wraps and outfits and headbands and things that go along with that theme, right? So paying attention to fashion trends, nursery trends, home design trends are super important because then you can provide photography and people will want to buy your images as decor in their home. They'll want to make prints, they'll want to make canvases because they can make it part of their home decor. It will also give you an edge on the competition who may not be focusing on that as well. Well, then you're going to say, well, Anna, you're putting this on a public podcast. My competition's going to hear the same podcast and they're going to do it. That's okay. You guys, there's 
wallpaper designed by a million different wallpaper artists out there and rugs and fabrics and how many sinks are there in the world? My gosh, you would think a sink is a sink is a sink, right? Have you ever tried looking for a new faucet? There's got to be like 5,000 styles of faucets. Photography is no different. You can't focus on what your competition is doing. You just can't. You need to put your blinders on like a horse in a race. And if you've listened to me, you've heard me say this analogy before and focus on your own work. People are going to be drawn to you by your style. They're going to be drawn to you by your consistent portfolio. If I were to go to your website right now, does it look like a hot mess? Does it look like a mess of color and black and white and backlit and low key and high key? Or do you have everything sorted in beautiful galleries by subject and by tone? Do you see what I mean? If you do, when it's all organized and it's understood, and I can really, really see your style come through in your portfolio and your social media accounts, then you probably have a consistent client base coming to you. But if I go to your site or your social and everything just looks like a hot mess, you may have trouble having clients that book you. They may call, ask for your pricing and say, okay, let me check with my husband. And you may never hear from them again. If that happens, go back and take a look at your work. Don't look at the price because it may have nothing to do with the price. Is your work on trend? Is it consistent? Is it something that's desirable and different from your competition? And if it's not, spend some time focusing on creating a body of work that says you. Well, how do you know what says you? Look, we can all go to shop at the same store and buy the same shirt and the same pair of pants. But if we put it on and all came out in the same outfit, we would all look different, right? That's what your work has to be. We can all buy the same props, the same outfits, the same headbands, the same backdrops. It doesn't matter when you pick up that camera and when you adjust the lighting in your settings, the work that's going to come through is through your eye. That's what you need to focus on. And that's what you need to do is hone your style. Competition is never going away. And competition can actually be very healthy because if you're somebody that's kind of gotten in your rut and you're doing the same work over and over again, maybe you need to step outside the box a little bit. Maybe you need to try something new. Maybe you need to see what all the fuss is about that photographer across town. And don't necessarily go and copy them, but see what is the draw. Is it the lighting? Is it the colors? Is it the pose? What is it the draw? And how can you do something that might be similar on trend without necessarily worrying about copying them or trying to be their competition? At the end of the day, I don't really believe there is a whole lot of competition because I really believe that you're you and I'm me. Many times our clients connect with us for our stories of why we got started in photography in the first place. Many times they connect with just our personalities. Maybe they talk to us on the phone and you reassured them that everything's going to be okay and they were really drawn to you. Sometimes it's more than just the work. And so everything's got to be on point. Your behavior, your professionalism, your services, your portfolio, how you connect with others, sometimes just picking up the phone. Sometimes photographers don't even want to pick up the phone. They want to do everything, you know, online and they only want to book online. And sometimes your client needs to hear your voice and they need to talk to you. Today, I want you to tell yourself that you're not going to worry about the competition. The competition is healthy and it may allow you and force you to get out of your rut and tell yourself that you're going to focus on you. What kind of images are you portraying? What is your story? Why did you become a photographer in the first place? And what do you have to offer and bring to this world?
I promise you that you do have something to offer. Your story is your story. It's how you got here and your experiences and your story and your life and all those things that have happened to you allow you to create the work that you're creating. You need to focus on that and tune in to the reason you're doing what you're doing and the right customers will come your way. I'm Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrandtEducation.com.